Welcome back. I'm Zinati Kuma and you're watching Stockwatch this week. Joining us for a review of the week's stock performances and answers to your stock-related questions is Tamsang Naneta from Shiloh Capital. Do send your questions via SMS to 41392, email stockwatch at bdtv.co.za or tweet us at businessdaytv using the hashtag stockwatch. Thanks so much for your time, Tami. Let's uh, start off with macro, of course. Uh, the big uh, focus here being China. Uh, more... Um, data that's coming out uh, with uh, declines um, with the growth that's less than expected by markets uh, i'm wondering if china has got you uh, nervous at this point and if you are nervous if it's the data that's making you nervous or the fact that we haven't seen a really big bazooka style stimulus now i think what we need to understand is that china is transitioning they're moving from an economy where they used to be the production center of the world, and they're now transitioning to servicing and giving those same products to their own people. Uh, that process is going to take time and it's going to have some effects on different parts of the economy. And I think on a macro side, I think uh, having a centrally planned economy has this sort of downside where there's a consistent need for government intervention. And the government needs to continue to exercise its powers to make sure the economy grows it looks after a billion people and ensures that they are still geopolitically strong. So chasing those three sort of uh, those three sort of major, major, major things is going to cause some positive effects in some areas and some negative effects in others. And understanding that, I think, will assist in assessing the risk in investing in China. Ah, well, something else that's causing a positive effect in some areas and negative effects in some areas is oil. Um, so, of course, we know that that is good for companies like Sassel, but not good for the consumer. So what do you do in this still elevated uh, oil price uh, environment? Because we have seen now Saudi Arabia and Russia saying that they will extend those oil output cuts. What do you do as an investor? Where do you focus your money on? Well, the, you, you diversify to some degree. Uh, you, you look at stocks that can defend against oil price movements. Uh, but you also look at the, the, the growing macroeconomic environment around oil, around BRICS, uh, their relationship with oil producing countries, especially around settlement in local currencies, like what India has done. Uh, they last settled their oil purchases in rupees. So those kind of price shocks are always going to be a concern. Um, I think uh, the petrodollar is going to have some, some uh, volatility uh, around around the next couple of months, depending on how the BRICS countries execute on their agreements. But I think it's important to recognize that energy is always going to be a key part for any economy. And as long as there's demand for energy, there'll be demand for oil. Until countries transition meaningfully, mm. um, we're always going to have these sort of oil power peaks and troughs based on domestic demand coming out of certain seasons, uh, moving into winter, gas, oil will always have some form of impact. Yeah, and of course that filters through to inflation as well. Uh, and I want to go into the retail sector, particularly ShopRite. Um, you know, ShopRite produced results um, that, you know, sales uh, were up double digits. But that share price um, did not really respond to what we saw, particularly in the top line. And I'm wondering if it's because of the fact that we saw the, the, the profit margin shrinking even though it wasn't a lot, um, or if it, ShopRite is just seen as 
too expensive. The valuation is just seen, seen as too expensive for what they are producing. What is it that actually uh, kind of made investors nervous? Um, remember, stock prices are in essence uh, forward-looking. Yeah. They look at the future revenues, future profits, and they discount them to today, and that's the relevant stock price. So the ShopRite investors or the shareholders are looking at the consumer going forward, the affordability of the products they sell and how the consumer is going to continue to engage the store. So the share price is a reflection of forward-looking views of the shareholders, of investors. And the mm -hmm. forward-looking views are that over time, the South African consumer is going to suffer considerably and will, will deteriorate in their ability to continue to buy. So although uh, the, the, the revenues growth is showing at this point, the thought of where it will be in 24 months and 36 months is the concern of the investor. And that share price is a reflection of uh, the, the, the views of the future of the South African consumer. Ah, all right. I do see there on that chart uh, that even though we did have that decline earlier on in the week, that there were some investors that picked up mm -hmm. the stock. Uh, let's go into questions. So as we're talking about the consumer, there's a question here on Spur. What do you make of Spur at this point? Uh, also coming out with great results. When was it about two weeks ago, a week and a half ago? Yeah. I think Spur is going to struggle because of their market positioning. Um, it's not necessarily clear who their direct consumer are. Um, ShopRite, Checkers and Pick and Pay and Woolworths are all very clear on who their consumer is. And they, are, they go after that consumer aggressively. Spur has a different problem. Uh, Spur is, seems to be in between the, the ShopRite, Pick and Pay and, and Woolworths. And as a result, uh, it doesn't necessarily attract every consumer all the time. And I think that's the real challenge they'll face. And I think they're at risk uh, because as consumers change, as the economy changes, those who begin to make more money move towards those who have issues and are, are, are pinching the pennies move to shop right and pick and pay or, or lower to checkers. Uh, and they are somewhere in the middle. And unfortunately, they have to figure out how to get through that. Um, our view is that they have to pick a consumer and go after that consumer. Um, they largely target uh, outside communities. Uh, and that has some impact on their on their on their fundamentals. So I think going forward, I think they're going to face some significant headwinds uh, as they are unable to defend which their their market position and which consumer is their primary target. Mm, all right. Uh, just we're talking about spa. Yes. There we go. Uh, yes. Yes. There we go. Um, so I was asking about Spur. <laughs> oh, my apologies. No, no, so but no, but no, but no, but no, but thank you for giving us uh, that insight as well into Spa. spa. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Spur is a brilliant business. Very brilliant. They've done a great acquisition now. Uh, they bought 60% of Dopio Zero. Mm -hmm. So they, they've entered into another market. Uh, a very well-run company. They've transformed it from what was previously a white boys club to now a much broader, broader, broader market. Um, they have managed to attract uh, growing and middle class, especially uh, consumers with children. So I think they have a great product offering, great market spread, and they are entering new markets. So I think uh, in terms of, of the food, beverage, and franchises, they are one of the best, if not the best. Ah. Um, and they are outcompeting uh, the likes of famous brands. Uh, and, and I think they've positioned themselves well.
and they are bringing in the right type of businesses to give them different access to different parts of, of the consumer spectrum. Uh, all right. Financial services, 91. Um, I think, <laughs> so my view is I think 91 tried to target the Reg 28 changes to see if they could get more assets out of, uh, out of South Africa and, broader and, and the broader base. But I think because they are now competing globally, they now have to differentiate themselves by, by performance and addressing markets that are not necessarily addressed globally, which means more risk. And that is the element that they will have to overcome. That as an emerging market fund manager, although they've got lots of assets and they sit in the UK partly, mm -hmm. um, they will be seen as an emerging market fund manager and then must then be able to administer emerging market risk and give a deeper insight and better returns of that asset class. And I think that's a hard thing to do. Um, and they're going to have to navigate that. And I think if they get it right, um, they're going to really mint it. But uh, it's a difficult thing. Uh, so you're in essence backing Hank Dutoy and his team to figure it out. Um, and if you believe they can, um, then it's a great stock to buy. If you are unsure, I think sit on the sidelines and see if they are able to manage bringing in assets and addressing the part of the global equity market that uh, most majors won't address. All right. Um, well, there's a question here, uh, a comment on the outlook for Sibanye and Omnia. Let's start off with Sibanye. Of course, we know that uh, the counter has been hit by a number of headwinds, including uh, its PGM exposure, uh, even though it is moving to uh, green um, metals, but also some operational challenges as well, that stock being really, really hit hard. Uh, what can you say about Sibanye right now? I know that a lot of people are looking for the bottom, but of course no one can ever predict the bottom. No, I think uh, with Sibanye, uh, it's a great company with a bad stock price. Uh, uh -huh. I think they understand the industry they're in. They're well diversified. They've entered the projects well. Uh, they've got great operators. Um, and as a result of that, they are unfortunately having to deal with uh, the prevailing market conditions around uh, debt, around uh, production, and around sale of the commodities they produce and the pricing of those commodities. But as a company, as a business, they are well run, they are well diversified, and if you had to enter into natural resources in any way, there would be the, the more diversified exposure you'd be looking for. So I think uh, at this point, it's a wait and see. If, if, if you're entering the market, I think there's some, there's, there's some intrinsic value that exists now that didn't exist a year ago uh, that can be addressed. If you are in, I think it's a hold. Um, yeah. I think over time, the value will come and come out to the end. And I think that's important. Uh, so I think it's a great business, great market, well diversified, uh, bad stock price. Ah, okay. I, I, I take your point there. Very, very interesting insights there, Tammy. Let's go into Omnia. Um, I think really one of uh, the good self-help stories that we've seen uh, on the JSC. Uh, what are you making of its outlook, especially as it uh, embarks on its uh, international expansion strategy? Uh, also, full disclosure, we hold this talk. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a brilliant business. Um, and I think the, the, the sort of markets that they have in front of them that they can dress 
the, the addressable market they have uh, is quite large. So I, I, our view is that over time it will grow. Um, they are taking it a step at a time. They're not being too aggressive. And that's a good way to go about it. Uh, they are managing us as shareholders, giving us the right information, letting us know what they're doing and communicating well. So I think it's a great business with a great uh, addressable, sizable addressable market uh, and with good management. So we, we, we believe in this company. Ah, all right. Uh, Tammy, just before we get to the next question, it's going to be about Caxton. I'm not sure uh, how closely you watch the stock. Uh, yeah. I could really, <laughs> you're already shaking your head. Uh, before I get to the next <laughs> question, though, if you could maybe just scoot over to your left, uh, because the sun is kind of, there we go. Oh, apologies. Yeah, apologies. I, I was going to say, I, ne I need sunglasses now. My future's too bright. <laughs> <laughs> no Sorry worries, no worries. Okay, so you can't comment on Caxton. Um, what about Orion Minerals? Uh, I know not uh, a lot another, of analysts. Another, another stock we own, uh, okay. for disclosure. Okay, uh, so, so that when I say these things, uh, <laughs> uh, we, I think, again, uh, the addressable market. I think Orion is addressing a, a, a great market yeah. uh, with great ownership. Um, I will say that uh, it's quite... It's a, it's a, it's a deep, it's deep exposure to uh, a, a very small range of metals. So there's that risk. But uh, outside of that, I think it's a great counter, and they've got vast room to grow. Well, that's the thing because now the the the, the viewers asking why or why is Orion Minerals share price been so stagnant for so long? Given all its positive news, no amount of positivity is moving the needle. Yeah, I think that's that has to do with the capital structure. The, who owns the shares, how much mm. is owned, and the liquidity that's in the share. And I think that's something that they will have manage, management will have to address um, sooner rather than later. Ah, all right. Before we get to your stock pick, um, the Sunlam actually came out with results yesterday, and they were good. I understand that there were some base effects from the prior period um, coming off a little bit of a lower base. But I saw that share price actually uh, edging lower by about 2%, and I couldn't quite uh, put my finger on why the, the market reacted like that. Because, I mean, you've said that the share price is about the outlook, but I would maybe feel like the outlook is, is good because of all the corporate action that's been taking place and the diversification strategy. Was that anything that you noticed? Yeah, I think... I think from our analysis, which is initial, we haven't gone deep on it, yeah. uh, is the view of the risk they have on book uh, and how they're going to manage that going forward. Um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of risk they carry around real estate as well. Um, and they are, they are well diversified, but the view is uh, the risk they carry and the future of that risk and how they're going to manage it. Um, then there's also right their partnership with, with ARM and the rest of those sort mm -hmm. of relationships and how they're going to make those relationships work or, or, or African River Capital rather uh, mm. arc, uh, and how they're going to make those relationships work for profitability uh, alright well Tammy let's get to your stock pick for today what will it be Tesla um, I think there were the, the price drops over the last 18 months and the affordability of the vehicles uh, and their growing market share I think uh, they're a good stock to buy at this point Ah, all right. Well, thank you so much, Tammy, for your insights and for your analysis today. Really appreciate it. Uh, that was Tamsang Laneta from Shiloh Capital.